You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Jesse, and in the future, when our supervillain arch nemesis surprises us all and exposes our corrupt police force, that same corrupt police force will get Batmobiles. This is Randy, and in the future, as per a new law instated by our alien overlord, Melanie, we will not be able to use, quote-unquote, made-up words. In the future, every home will have a giant computer. Well, actually, there you do. But these computers will be filled with learning materials, so you won't have to send your kids to school, and Jesse will be out of a job. <laughs> Great! Welcome to the Grogs Podcast. Yay, that was so fun. Hey. Episode number 96. Whoa, these have numbers? It's the, right? It's the first year of the future. It's like <sighs> having a good time, but backwards. Oh, that's, my in the future need to become hashtag in the nows. Oh. In the nows. Ooh. So it's been ages, it seems like, since we recorded a normal, proper Grolix episode. I think it was the June episodes, which we recorded at the end of May. So it's been since May, right? That's insane. Yeah. But oddly enough, we've never recorded more episodes than we have in the past right. month or so. So I wonder if we have regular listeners who resent the Grolix Lunchbox Live stuff, or if they even care. I mean, it sounds pretty much the same, right? It's It's similar. It is similar. It's quicker. The, and the only real difference is, oh, hold on. Let me ask the chat. So Matt says that's the only real difference. Yeah. We do that a lot. But that's why I also like read those out loud instead of just responding directly to it. I always read out what the question is or whatever. Mm -hmm. So listeners later can make sense of it. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, it is a slightly different format. I wonder if people like that format or if they're just like, another best of Lunchbox Live. I would yeah. imagine it's not nearly as interesting if you're not in it. So a replay isn't going to be as good as the live, but... Plus we deal with uh, time-sensitive news stuff too. Yeah, and the few... Okay, so the first Lunchbox Live we put up on the feed, but that was like a special extra bonus episode. Mm. Just right. went up on a Friday. But the, the couple... I've only had done it a couple times, like twice maybe. But the couple of like quote unquote best ofs, I made a point to cut down to like the one was actually a best of of that first week where it was just like the amusing stuff. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily time sensitive stuff. And I think that worked okay. But the one that I think really worked, I think the movie reviews worked. So that's what I focused right. I did. I released the Spider, uh, Spider Verse one. Mm -hmm. And I thought about putting together, I might still do it and listener if you'll know if I did or not. But I thought about putting together the Unicorn Store review and the uh, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein yeah. review. Because they're both kind of short. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It makes for okay content. But considering we were doing it five and then three days a week. Yeah. Yeah, most of that is time sensitive. And I wouldn't necessarily want it to go on Grog's proper. Yeah, because it's not proper. Interestingly so. enough, uh, this is coming out in August. So... Things have changed quite dramatically going forward. And suddenly we're back to normal Grolix podcast episodes. I wonder if there's a correlation. Uh, well, let's 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 get into it. Let's jump into our feature topic because this is exciting. It's been a while since we did just comics. Let's do it. Hmm. I mean, if if the review goes super quick, I have we can we can talk about other things, but we no, we don't. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode we are discussing Batman White Knight. And yes, I do fully realize that came out a while ago. And it may seem like that's a weird pick. Why are you doing that one? Is that on the pull list? No, this is not. This is, We just read it because we wanted to. And the new series started coming out, Curse of the White Knight, kind of his sequel series, miniseries, whatever mm. they call it, limited run series. And so we were like, well, this is a good opportunity to, you know, it's a good excuse to talk about the first one because 
Jesse and I had things to say about it anyway. Well, I mean, everything in the world is about the Joker now. So, you know, five different Joker movies going to be coming out. What? So, I mean, we should do something about the Joker. And hey, Batman White Knight is about the Joker. It is. I don't really actually feel like it's about Joker. I feel like it's more about his love interests. It kind of is. Batman White Knight is a comic book limited series created by Sean Murphy. It was eight issues published originally from 2017 into 2018 by DC Comics, of course. I believe this was their black label imprint to where they can say swears. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think this was when they like first launched it. There was this Batman the Damned, which I think is the one that they had a Batman penis in that they had to like re-release right. and censor or something. Apparently, they went a little too black label for their black label. People got upset. <laughs> but once you go black label, you don't go back label. Wow. Uh, so this was written with art by Sean Murphy. And the colorist is Matt Hollingsworth. So this is essentially an Elseworlds tale. I feel like the people who fill out Wikipedia sometimes don't understand what a synopsis is. No. Because oh, this is, is very is long. Basically, basically the whole plot. Yeah, that is not a synopsis. You know what? I bet Amazon has an actual synopsis. A Newsweek Best Graphic Novel of the Year. The impossible has happened. The Joker has become a hero? Question mark? Batman White Knight follows the man, now known as Jack Napier, as he embarks on a quest to heal the city he once terrorized. After reconciling with his long-suffering partner, Harley Quinn... He sets in motion a carefully plotted campaign to discredit the one person whom he views as Gotham City's true enemy, Batman. Batman. His crusade exposes a decades-long history of corruption with the, within the uh, Gotham City Police Department and transforms Napier into a city councilman and civic hero. But when the sins of his past return to threaten everything that he has accomplished, interesting way to look at it, I guess, the distinctions between Savior and Destroyer begin to break down for both the Joker and Batman alike. And with them, any hope of Gotham's future. Uh, writer and artist Sean Murphy delivers an extraordinary examination of comics' greatest antagonists in Batman White Knight, exploring justice, corruption, activism, and the darkest depths of mental illness. Oh, this, this was the, uh, the debut of the DC Black Label imprint. That's how they could say BS words. It, yeah, BS words. I don't know how how accurate that was. Seems seems taking liberties. Seems like it's taking liberties. Yes, I'll say. I don't know why this was one of the news stories that kind of broke through. Mm -hmm. And other than the fact that you know we do Grolix and I used to keep an eye on comic stories, <laughs> right. used to, but it's Batman. Maybe that's it. But it broke through. And like, so I'd heard about this when it was announced initially, mm -hmm. you know, because it's the whole idea of like Sean Murphy, who is somebody I enjoy. And I think I follow on Twitter, an artist I enjoy, I should say. Sean Murphy is doing a book where Batman's the, the villain and Joker's the hero, which is not totally accurate. But I mean, basically, that's the concept. Like, mm -hmm. how can we make that a, that? Yeah. So it caught my interest. I did, never got around to it until I read about Curse of the White Knight coming out. And I was like, oh, yeah, the White Knight was a thing that I wanted to read. So I searched it out after the sequel series, mm -hmm. which just started coming out, was announced. And I read it and I raved about it to you, but more specifically to Jesse, because I know he cared more. Yeah. Well, and um, I actually had the, I had the it was on my poll file. So I had all the floppies and uh, I just still had not read them. And uh, so this was a really good opportunity to do that. And Melanie read them last night slash this morning. Yep. We were up till six in the morning. <laughs> you didn't have to stay up with me. You could have gone to bed. It's my fault, though. I didn't get you a copy. Otherwise, you would have read it because you actually read more comics than you needed to this month, which is amazing. Thank you. Yep. But yeah, as inferred, I was raving about it because I really enjoyed this. I have not been reading a lot of comics lately. For a while, hence the reason there's not a whole lot of like Grolix months where we just taught comics. But I was trying to get into some comics. I tried to read, I tried to catch up on this is how far back I am, like some of the Dark Knight's metal stuff that Scott Snyder was doing. 
just couldn't break into it. Like, ugh, just wasn't feeling it. But this book, I like blew through in a sitting. So I really like this. Mm-hmm. And this thing's eight issues long. So, I mean, the fact that you did it all in one sitting is pretty impressive. Technically twice. I did. Right. I skipped over. I reread it last night, too, while Melanie was reading it. And I skipped over some of the some of the stuff. There's some uh-huh. subplot that I didn't care to reread. Sure. But I essentially read it, most all of it, again in one sitting last night, too. So, mm-hmm. um, Jesse, what did you think of this? Uh, Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, Same thing. I read the article about it before it came out and thought it was interesting, at least the the concept. And I also liked that they were doing this kind of like uh, this, like they kind of build it as almost a the Jokers versus the 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 elite, the, uh, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, like the gatekeepers of Gotham kind of thing. And I was like, well, that's. That's meaty. That's interesting. So it's got kind of a strange political hook that I'm into. Okay, Melanie, I was not being rude by making you go last. There's a specific reason I wanted you to go last. Melanie, what yeah. did you think of this book? Um, it's uh, it okay, I guess. You had a lot of complaints while reading it. Okay, I had a lot of complaints while reading it. Um, <laughs> you, I... And I did know about it, but I only knew about it because I heard you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I, even then, I, I still was slightly confused. And I was thinking, for some reason, that it was like, like Sailor Moon guy, you know? That, Who? I don't know. That guy that dresses in a big white cape. Oh, Moon Knight? He, yeah. Oh, because it's White Knight? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't what I thought? It's not Moon Knight, though. <laughs> Moon Knight's Marvel character. Well. M- Moon Knight is kind of Marvel's Batman, in a way, a little bit. It, it really? Nah. Maybe not. Okay. And, I, yeah, there's a lot of it that I was not accepting of. Uh, I'll say let's say that has that. Okay, uh, okay, not as explosive as like. As- if we tried to pretend like this book was a reality, it would not work. Let's just say that. <laughs> I was gonna say your okay. Your re- reaction on here was not as explosive as I was expecting. That's why I had you go last because I thought you were gonna be like, eh, it sucked. But while reading it, you had reactions to things that I was not expecting because. You had very negative reactions to some of my favorite elements of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is fine. That's why. Well, well, partially, I think it diminishes the character. So, let me just, you just want me to jump in it? Yeah, let's. Okay, spoiler warning. In case you haven't read White Knight, know at least two of us give a very high recommend on this. And one of us, you know, whatever, has problems with it. Maybe not so high a recommend. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't complete crap, but. <laughs> there you go. Glowing. Um, so if you haven't read it, I hate to tell you to leave, but maybe bail out now because, yeah, let's jump into spoilers. Okay. Because they start fairly early. Yeah. 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 All right. So, Melanie, what? Well, what you... How in the world is there going to be two freaking different Harley Quinns? It's not, first of all, that nobody would notice that. And Randy's like, well, she's not, she usually wears a mask, but everybody knows who she is. She's a, she's freaking a, a famous doctor. You know, everybody knows who she is, and this other chick is not her. So why do they act like like nobody would notice that? It's it's impossible. And okay, Joker's crazy. Maybe he wouldn't notice, but everyone else in the world would know this. But who who would be there to notice? Who Batman? I it seemed like Batman knew. He did know. Well, yeah, of course he, he kind of helped set up her life, kind of thing. He, yeah. And who else is gonna like really? Maybe the police knew, but she's still like a fugitive, so it's not like. Either, you know, she's coming in. So for the most part, if you get close enough to, like, challenge her, you're looking at Joker and Harley. <laughs> like, the, most people are going to not even just care or want to bother with it. Well, and the it's real me- Harley Quinn, she was, like, on parole or something. Like, she was uh, she was under good behavior kind of thing. So she wasn't doing anything wrong. So the police were probably like, well, we got we to gotta actually bust the one that's causing crime you know yeah, yeah but she's I'm, not harley quinn but my thinking is like they're probably just like well who cares how many different how many robins that's clearly not the same robin uh how that's clearly not the same whoever like th- that's how it works in comic book world sometimes it's like hmm you're a different person but okay i guess you're harley quinn now sure uh eh, i don't like it plus the joker is the joker and totally seems like the kind of guy who would 
randomly show up with the same group of people, but they're all different people dressed up like that same group of people. Like, I don't know. Maybe. But I don't really buy him loving either of them either. Not even in his normal person form. I don't buy it. Well, why not his normal person form? Because that's, if you don't buy that, that's kind of integral to. It is. That's one of the, the reasons. Plausibility I like the plausibility of the whole because, story. And same reason I don't buy her bullcrap. I, I love him despite it. No, because you never met him. You don't know him. The only person you ever met was Joker. That's the only person she ever knew. She loved Joker. She did not love Jack Rainier. She never met him. She didn't know him. Okay, so there's that. And then he never met her either. How does he love her? He doesn't know her. He never met her. Joker met her. If they're making him a different person, then... That complaint with her is valid. And the other Harley even tells her that. Yeah. It's like, you fell in love with the Joker, though. Yeah. She's like, but I could see the man behind the eyes. But the inference with him is that Jack's always in there. Okay. So Jack could have fallen in love with her. But he doesn't remember things that he did as a Joker, so... He doesn't remember emotional plot point beat relevant things. Mm. (laughs) He seems to remember other things. And still, even so, why would he why would he love her then? Because she went crazy and helped him murder people? I don't think so. I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. But this is like I said, this is if you want to bring it into reality. But it's a comic book. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. I mean it is a comic book. (laughs) Well well here's the (laughs) thing though. Then you can never explore the Harley Quinn Joker relationship in a comic book story. In any way that would satisfy you. No, I can. With Harley Quinn and Joker. Well, Bam. You, no, not Jack Rainier. That's what I'm saying. Jack Napier. Napier, whatever. I said it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Did you just mixle-plick him out of existence or something? Is that what Ooh, you're trying to do? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there's Melanie's thoughts. I love this Harley Quinn thing. I love the two Harley Quinns. The little switch. This little twist kind of made the book for me i thought it was great because new harley quinn is definitely not old harley quinn she's very different i mean for the most part new harley quinn is dc deadpool other than the visual redesign but i love acknowledging that her character has substantially changed and taking that to the max to where it's like no yeah because she's different she's a different person yeah because she's not even harley quinn (laughs) <laughs> like yeah i i was on board for that as well for the same reason because it's it's like a meta um indictment of the new harley quinn but it at the really same is. time at the same time like it made that it it actually made that harley quinn more interesting to me as well because she's like she is crazy she is you know like she takes a weird dark turn that i kind of like she's crazy just because she's a cutter that doesn't mean she's crazy i will agree uh, one of your complaints you had <laughs> no. about her specifically is that her backstory sucks. It does. And I will agree, like, there's not much to it. It's like, she was a cutter. You, there, you don't really get much beyond that. Uh, she's obviously unbalanced, yeah. we'll say. And you don't get much beyond that. So th- that that's fine. I, I agree that's kind of weak. But I do like that it wasn't just like, the new Harley sucks, and uh, she's kind of a setback for feminism, and she's kind of dumb. Because he did play that card. He did do that, essentially. But then he's just like, well, but here we'll make her... He doesn't make her her own because she becomes Neo-Joker. Yeah. But I like his redesign. Like, he makes her cooler. Yeah, she is cooler, I I will admit. He at least then does something cool with her character. Mm -hmm. And she's Mary Andrews. Marion Drews. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I thought the Harley thing was clever. I liked then the the depiction of old Harley. She's super smart and she basically, spoiler, spoilers, mastermind the entire thing. Right. Like from before, really, it kind of seemed like before Joker was even involved. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really understand it all. Is she really going to just assume that these things will work? What, the pills? Yeah. She doesn't know anything about them. They haven't been tested. She designed them. It's a little bit of a stretch. I know. I know. But apparently, you know, that's a big, another reveal at the end. When you get that big twist that she's behind it all. Batman's like, so you designed these drugs and blah, 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 blah. And I admit that's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, 
since she stopped being the main Harley, what you know, what's she been doing? She, she is st- studying pharmacy stuff. She's maybe? the only Harley. The other one's Marion. But okay, yeah, I know why everybody in Gotham is crazy. Why? Because they have these big weird underground tunnels leaking like lead and whatever into their vape drinking water. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Did you supply a beep so I could just cut that out and put it over there? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Um. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I remember what I was going to say. Okay. I ain't done talking about Harley. <laughs> I really like the three-way dynamic, the love triangle dynamic. Mm-hmm. Because, the, I mean, and that's not new. Like, what's his name? Um, What's his name that created Harley? Because she was created, she's one of the very few characters, at least at the time, that was created for like another media and then came to comics. But she was created right. for the Batman animated series. Paul Dino? Paul Dini? Yeah, Paul Dini, yep. <laughs> Paul Dini. He created her. But even like his stories played on that to where she was all kind of the neglected lover and jealous because Joker's in love with Batman, essentially. But he's yeah. obsessed with Batman. And that's, uh, Paul Dini had... There's a really good story about that. He's done that already in animated form. So that's not new, but I liked the way they played that in this to where Harley's not necessarily friends with Batman, but they mm-hmm. kind of have an interesting, friendly demeanor in a like... Ex-wife kind of way? Kind of. Like they're both like, yeah, two former or current or estranged partners of the same person. Yeah. Kind of have to get along for the better of the the, the kids. person or well, what yeah, yeah in this case for the better of the joker they're yeah. you know they're a link but um i like there's two i think conversation two times when they have conversations on the rooftop two or three mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed those i thought those were pretty well done i also like when batman snaps like things are really about to like tumble for him and he yells and punches the thing i, I also enjoy that he yells about he's he's a violent sociopathic criminal blah 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 as he's like punching brick breaking bricks with his fists yeah and like "Uh uh-huh but then joker comes out and he's like i've never heard him yell like that you've we must be really getting under skin and harley's like stop it like she's po'd at joker because she's just like this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. i just like that whole dynamic but throwing jack slash joker in there and new harley it's not even a like a love triangle it's like a love quadrangle yeah or what's a five-sided thing of pentagram it it's a love pentagram the story got even cooler (laughs) (laughs) inverted pentagram at that because it's the joker so how about since this is an else world story and one thing i really liked about is the essential plot line and god i kind of wish they would do it in canon I would take this Harley situation in canon. That'd be awesome. But I feel like the basic plot line of this, you could do in a canon Batman story. Mm-hmm. But it is an Elseworlds tale, and there are things they changed. And there's things they couldn't do in a canon story, like right. the Alfred thing. Yeah. And the Jason Todd thing. Like, they retconned that. It also seemed weird because Nightwing's Dick Grayson in this, I'm yeah. assuming. But he said Jason Todd was before him. Oh, did he? Yeah. When he's talking to Barbara mm-hmm. in uh, the graveyard. Yeah, he does. He says Jason Todd. He was always kind of jealous because Jason Todd, he felt like Bruce was closer to Jason Todd until Jason Todd died or disappeared. And then that's why Bruce would never get close to, close to Dick. Yeah. But I think that's a really weird decision. Yeah. I mean, it made sense because then that explains the world without Robin. And it is, I mean, it does make sense in that Batman just should not have continued having Robins after Jason Todd. As much as I love Tim Drake, he just should never have had another Robin. I mean, you let the boy die. I mean, not let him die, but, you know, you put him in harm's way and he died. Yeah. They And then he let his kid, I'm sorry. Uh, Damien's an interesting case. Yeah. I think the way Grant Morrison handled Damien was super smart because Damien is one of those things where he was raised to be an assassin. If Batman didn't make him Robin, he'd be a killer out, out there. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that was super smart. It's about the only way you could justify doing another Robin mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Especially somebody that young. Like Damien yeah. is super young. Super young. So a lot of people hate Damien. I, I, I love I, Damien. I, I kind of like Damien, yeah. I think he's great. Me too. Oh, God, I haven't read. Oh, I need to read some more DC comics. I need to get caught up. What's Damien doing these days? Is he dead again? He better not be. <laughs> no idea. These are the newest comics I've read. And at the end of issue one, there's a uh, memoriam for Len Wein. So, like, that'll show you how old these are, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, Jesse, you never asked your opinion. What do you think of the... Oh, of Harley? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked her. I mean, mainly because because I'm not a huge fan of the current DC Comics Harley. And so them saying, well, the reason she's so awful is uh, that she's not actually Harley. So okay. I kind of enjoyed that that meta twist. But I, I mean, I didn't think about it much more beyond that, though. And I did like that she's smart because I, that's the one thing that has always annoyed me about Harley Quinn, even back in the animated series, is how she she acts like such the dits. Mm-hmm. And that last thing we read with Harley in it was downright painful. Uh, what was this Paradise was Lost, where she just like wasn't getting it? Oh, oh, and that was old Harley too. Even yeah, yeah. I I would buy her like that's her Harley Quinn character when she's mm-hmm. in the costume, she's hanging out with whoever, Mister J. Like I get that as a character, but the problem with the Paradise Lost thing is they just genuinely made her that dumb. Right. And I don't think she's really would should be, no, it should be like this. She's super smart. But I could see her being like putting on the character because it's fun. Yeah. But in, in Paradise Lost, eventually she'd be like, "All right, I'm tired of this character. You guys need to do this and this. Right. Figure this out." Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you know, I, I've oh, had I don't nothing know. else psychi- to do. <laughs> but, she's a psychiatrist. But, she could try to get Joker to come out in, you know, yeah. be the opposite of what she wants here. I I like the few times in the things that I've seen where they do do something like that with Harley, where she does, she's doing them, you know, the pudding, whatever thing. And then something happens and then she'll like spew out a bunch of like actually super intelligent stuff. And people are like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> she even says it in this. She says it to Jack, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But she's like, I was a psychiatrist. Like, mm-hmm. why well, you look at me like that? You know this. But I like that idea of someone who plays dumb. Because that could be potentially an advantage. Yeah. 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 Except in this, she doesn't really do that. She's just... What was the thing where she murdered cartoons? That was in something we saw not too long ago, isn't it? I don't I don't know. You, I, you were reading the Harley Quinn series for a little while. And I think you read Beyond Me oh. and, and then stopped. I don't know. There was something where she was... There was just like cartoon things there and she fed them all poisonous carrots and... And then uh, that sounds that definitely sounds like what they're the type of stuff they were doing because they w- the Harley Quinn series was going and she was 100 percent the DC Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And they even did like a Harley Quinn at Comic-Con type issues of oh stuff. My. Yeah, they went. She yeah, became their was, meta character. It, yeah, it was. Yeah. Which whatever was fine. But well, I, I, I like Deadpool. So, yeah, I mean, that's fine. But I I, I don't know. That's part of why I really like the Harley. We'll get off the Harley Quinn thing here after this. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of why I really like the Harley Quinn thing in this because I like the older version. I think the other, what this book portrays as the older, the first, the actual Harley is a much more interesting character to me. Mm-hmm. I hate her hat. I'm not a big fan. I've never been a fan of Harley's costume. I get that it's the Harley Quinn thing, but yeah. It's ugly. Batman, he wasn't really in it a whole lot in the beginning for the like uh-huh. first many issues, but I don't I don't know that I really think that Batman would be as inconsiderate as they act like he is. They really lean into the untethered, on the edge, mm-hmm. just blinders on Batman, mm. and they kind of explain it away as Alfred sick, right? Mm. I like that kind of Batman story. Mm-hmm. You know, they do that occasionally whenever they need to like, you know, oh, Batman's going too far. But he goes to the extreme to where he's just an idiot. He becomes an idiot. Mm-hmm. When he wrecks that bridge. Yeah. 
it's one of those things where it's like, and I get they have to push them that far because they have to like, all right, no, we can't just turn a blind. We have to arrest Batman. Mm-hmm. Like this is too far because they had him. They, they, you know. Yeah, but he didn't want them to have him. But he wanted to protect his family, right. which, which he said. But I feel like that's crap. He just wanted to show them that he's not obsolete and they can't do it better than him. Except they were. And he destroyed a boat and a bridge and probably murdered lots of people. Mm. Though they didn't really get into that. Yeah. When he kept like, he like ran, practically ran over a guard at one point and blew up the Joker's library. And, you know, that was all planned. But like, it's sloppy. It's sloppy Batman, you know? He don't usually work that way. No. Well, he, I like it. It played on the idea of like all the collateral damage that happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in most things, he's not causing the situation. But I don't know. It makes me think of The Dark Knight, where he's just like destroying chunks of bridges and stuff with the tumbler. Mm-hmm. It kind of plays on that thing to where just a total disregard for public and private property, both of which he gets, you know, charged with. But they even then play on that to where they have the Batman fund set up. Mm-hmm. And Joker tries to use that as ammo against him, you know, politically, uh, where he's like, you know, why are they using your taxpayer money for this? Well, then it turns out they're not. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that all was, funded as through as, Wayne. As soon as they brought that up, I'm like, the dude's like a billionaire. I'm pretty sure he probably tosses that in, you know, randomly all the time. But yeah, but they hadn't like connected it to Wayne yet, or at least Jack hadn't, even though Joker knows. He acted like he knew the whole time. He kind of did. And how did he not know that Joker or that Bruce Wayne was Batman if he was the Joker and he remembered what the Joker remembered? Oh. He didn't remember all the stuff that I the did. Joker remembered. I know. I'm just saying. Because the Joker held stuff away from him to keep power over him. My buttocks. I, I mean, I like that they at least played on that trait a couple times because they did it with Harley as well, where he, I don't remember what it was, but he held something, he would hold things over people. So they pulled that up a couple times. So at least they kind of made that a consistent trait of the Joker. Yeah. Which is also a very real trait that people do, and I hate it. And I've come, met, I've known lots of people that do that. And just in little ways, little petty ways, lots of people do that. But Really? Oh, yeah. You never met? Well, I'm sure you have, even if you don't realize it. But I've known some people where it's so obvious where they will get a piece of information about something or somebody, mm-hmm. and they'll intentionally hold it over people because it makes them feel like they're they have power over them or they're above them. It's not a good trait to have, no. but it's a very real trait that lots of people have. Oh, I was going to say, but I did enjoy that Batman doesn't, Bruce Wayne specifically, doesn't realize how the rich people take advantage of all the destruction that Batman causes. Mm-hmm. And he gets super upset to where he starts headbutting and knocking out random people <laughs> at this, you know, upscale elitist uh, p- dinner party that he's at. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that is one thing, really spoilers, that is uh, something they're still dealing with. As for this recording, there's issue one of Curse of the White Knight is out, and they're still dealing with that whole corruption thing. Interesting. Well, uh, that's one of the things that I did like about it, because they that's something that it, sh- it should focus on in this comic book and in real life, because it's the racism thing where there's a lot of white people that are racist, but they don't realize that they're racist because they live in a white right. insulated world mm-hmm. that protects them from their own racism, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think Bruce Wayne is one of those people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't realize that he's the giant D-bag that he is, but. And it's not that he's racist. He just, yeah, he doesn't realize that that group mm-hmm. is as corrupt and racist as they are, although he's got to because he even he gets upset because so there's a whole thing like the poor neighborhood is backport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate kind of how stupid but real this thing is mm-hmm. where one of the rich ladies at the party says Blackport. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne's like, that's when he starts to like really lose it. He's like, it's backport. Like he gets super upset. Mm-hmm. But that kind of ties into the whole racial thing like there's race riot like mm-hmm. the talk there was a race riot and then like 
Jack Napier kind of stirs that up a little bit to his advantage politically. That's why he's the white knight. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. The use of politics is super interesting in this. And the way Sean Murphy approaches it is kind of interesting because it's not. And to be honest, I'm very conflicted about when people, when writers, I get it. I get it. This is you. This is supposed to appeal to everybody, but I'm a very opinionated, opinionated a-hole. But he intentionally writes things from both perspectives. That's why the news, parts of this remind me of like Dark Knight uh, Returns or something. Mm-hmm. Because it'll go to talking heads, basically, mm-hmm. where it's just Frank Miller did the exact same thing, where it's just both sides just spewing crap at each other to where the writing's really good because the arguments on both sides are dead on, like the same type of thing you'd hear in right. the real world. And both they're sides. both uh, equally ridiculous, you know, like, yes. like they're both just uh, glossing over some critical talking point. But beyond just even the talking heads... He writes it intentionally so that you can't really tell which way Sean Murphy leans, which is in his real life, which is fine. And I suppose, you know, that's a good writer. He's not letting himself into the work. He's just mm-hmm. representing the world. But I don't know. He does interesting things to where he'll have contradictory characters mm-hmm. like Duke, which is a very interesting take on Duke. Duke's a fairly recent character in the comics. Well, recent being the last like two, three years. But he's very different in this. But I don't know. There's aspects of Duke that are very. This was almost Luke Cagey, the way that yeah, this portrayed here. Very, very much so. He'll intentionally kind of, but in a real way, mix. When it comes to characters, mix their viewpoints to where right leaning and left leaning. There's elements of both in these characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. It has a lot of interesting uh, commentary on. I mean, we've kind of, kind of talked about the 1% kind of situation, the gatekeepers, the the corporate elite, that that whole thing, but then also the idea of an authoritarian police state type of situation as well. When it hits on that, it handles it, like I was saying with that, that dinner party scene or whatever you want to call it, that fundraiser scene. It, I think it handles that pretty well. It's interesting. Uh, it seems like it accurately depicts kind of upper class corruption but then like when it really is pushing the idea of the elites and the gatekeepers it's jack napier who's essentially just using it to manipulate the public Mm -hmm. to his favor right there's some things that i feel like shouldn't i mean in the real world they are it becomes oddly enough it becomes like a side you know a political issue that shouldn't be the, like the I, the a lot of the themes this plays on with corruption should not be, even though it stems from politics. A lot of it, it should not be a political issue. Mm-hmm. It should not be a, a partisan type issue. Mm-hmm. It's it is it is what it is. It's corruption. Yeah. It's you know obvious in the real world and you know the corruption the book depicts. Yeah. After reading this, I read some a uh, couple interviews with Sean Murphy, and he said he's always amused at hearing people's reactions like left-wing and right-wing reactions to his books because he's like he's always amused to the things that they latch on to mm-hmm. the confirmation he, bias kind of yes yeah. yes because he's like because they'll they'll get both what they sides want from it. feel like it vindicates them yeah and he's like so i can yeah. see that i like that everybody no matter what everybody's always like gordon's a good man like like everybody yeah yeah even when his boss is like you're inept. Like, that makes you an accessory and you're inept. But he's still like, you know. Yeah. I know you're doing your best, but you're also inept <laughs> and you're an accessory to all this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some of the points that we're, that we're not really talking about, though, um, and I'm curious about. This whole Neo-Joker subplot that is born out of Jack Napier uh, not being, I mean, like he's not entirely up and up. We get this idea that he's the Joker cured and now he's a good guy. But really, he uh, like lobotomizes uh, Clayface and uses the Mad Hatter's tech to control, basically zomb- zombify and, and control most of Arkham Asylum. He's using all the supervillains 
in a very super villainous plot. Yeah. Ooh, in super. a very super villainous way. Yeah. Like more For, successfully than he ever did as the Joker. Uh-huh. That's the thing Harley points out later because he's towards the end. He's like, I, I tried to do it the right way, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like this Harley Quinn has all this a, a power and ability because she stole it from you. This is your doing. Like mm-hmm. you broke the law. And he's like, well, so does Batman. Or maybe she says that, <laughs> you know, so does Batman. What does it matter? You know? Yeah. He genuinely thinks he's doing the right thing, but he is manipulating people like a, like a dirty politician and yeah. he's doing super villain stuff. Okay. And I, here, this, Jesse might be able to answer this for me because he's a karate guy, right? Karate guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. T- so tell me this. If somebody learns how to fight, are they going to be as good as good as somebody who spent the last like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years fighting? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, the, uh, the Joker's speed training there. Yeah. But, yeah, he, no. but, but he's on steroids. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's a leap. I mean, at the, at the very least, Batman's got muscle memory on his, you know, yeah. on his side. I mean, right. there's just no way. No yeah, way. No, Joker the only be. way the Joker gets a lick in here is uh, if Batman's super tired and beat up already. Mm-hmm. And they didn't play it that. I mean, he's emotionally tired, but they mm. didn't play like they didn't. This was no of the breaking of the him. bat. This yeah. was no, no uh, Bane mastermind scenario. So. Mm-hmm. It is a stretch. Yeah. And this is what I think, I mean, other than the fact that that's how they he essentially defeats Batman. Spoilers. But I like the scene that he gets to, to where Joker finally, or Jack, has finally accomplished what he wants. And he's like, what have I, you know, he's weeping. You know, what have I done? Yeah. That's fun. But, or maybe fun's not the word. It's interesting. I was to say, I, I do have some criticisms about this, but at the same time, uh, I like I like this stuff. Um, but like, OK, so I I'd already paid for this. But like going back through here and looking at these comics, uh, it this is an eight issue arc. Each issue costs three ninety nine a piece. I think this could have been tightened up. I don't I don't know why it had to be eight issues. I don't know why we had to wait until the end of issue two, basically, to get Harlequin. I, I like the pace as, I, as I'm reading it, but as a consumer, I'm kind of like, wow, this is really expensive for, for how it's actually, you know, coming out. I would have been mad if I had to wait a month between these issues. I'm glad that I read it all in one shot. Mm-hmm. I think they make you pay three ninety nine and wait a month so that they can put in half a book that you didn't want. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of subplot and and extra stuff that that I kind of like, but I also don't think it's necessary. Like we got a lot more about Victor Freeze than I don't than I think we needed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even mean the Batman book. I meant other books. Oh that yeah, yeah. There's like half of a freaking comic in there. That I didn't want to read at the end of every issue. Oh yeah, there are a lot of like kind of extended previews at the end of yeah. these issues. Yeah, and I, and it was confusing slightly because I'm like, is this supposed to be relevant to the story or something? Why is this here? Oh really? No, I didn't have that issue because you, the art changed significantly, and I could kind of tell. But I noticed at some point they started doing a thing where there's like an extra border kind of a frame around it to where it yeah. better distinctly separates that from what yeah, you're Yeah, but actually... there's some sometimes when they have things afterwards it still well it ties in. It's like Superman American Alien where you skipped over those little single page yeah. the backstory basic or the yeah. uh, no what's it called? Backups. The backups is what they call them. Okay. But yeah, there's a little they're tied to it, yeah. but they're just a little extra but in this case, you're not talking about that. You're talking about actual, basically, advertisements, right. previews of other like books, five page advertisements. Yeah, because I'm tired of them. The thing is, though, this is this is clearly a graphic novel, right? Like, it's still paced out for single issues. It still has kind of the single issue cliffhangers or little buildups to where you makes you want to read the next issue. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, this is obviously just it's a graphic novel. It it's paced and formatted more towards a graphic novel but you know they gotta yeah do their double dip <laughs> well and that's that's kind of where i'm at with this is like i did read the first issue of the new run but i think i'm gonna wait because 
And I know that that's not great for the business model, but it's just unsustainable. I can't I can't uh, justify a four dollar comic every month uh, for eight months when I could just wait. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a thirty two dollar. Essentially, it's a thirty two dollar trade paperback. Right is what you're buying, and, that's and I would never pay ridiculous. that much. You know, there's no yeah. way. Yeah, and you pay for it, and they still give you ads. What yeah. the crap is all that? Oh, I know. Well, if you buy it as it's coming out, even in digital form, you're still paying same price per issue. Yeah, but like this has not popped up in the DC app. I don't think any of the black label stuff is, and I'm suspect suspecting none of it will. The DC app has very few like graphic novels. Or limited, I mean, it has some limited run series, but for the most part, the DC app has a lot of the actual series. So that's, you know, I was kind of hoping this would pop up in the DC app at some point. It's been out for over a year now. Yeah. You know, going on two years, they're clearly not going to add this. So this isn't even the kind of thing that you can wait for the DC app to pick it up. So there are a few things in here that made me laugh while I was reading it last night. Uh And I didn't hear, I didn't hear Melanie laugh once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I suspected that would be the case. But when Batman... Okay, so the you mentioned Clayface earlier. Uh-huh. Their plan with Clayface was interesting and mm-hmm. kind of weird. But basically, he uses Mad Hatter's mind control hat tech. Also, I did enjoy the Mad Hatter and Harley Quinn or Neo Joker's banter. I thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Joker steals Harley or steals Mad Hatter's hat tech. The whole reasoning is kind of weird, but basically it's not powerful enough to control, mind control all of the supervillains at once. But they can mind control Clayface and turn Clayface into dust and feed a little bit of Clayface to all the supervillains and then basically use Clayface as a a conduit. Right, like it's like a blood connection type of thing then. Or an amplifier. Yeah. yeah, which is a weird idea, but sure, whatever. I'll go with it. It's like putting a little piece of tinfoil on everybody's head. Yes. It's tinfoil tech. <laughs> I like the way Clayface is drawn when he's like standing there just, ah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of grotesque. And then he turns just into powder and he's just a brain yeah. and eyes and a tongue <laughs> with yeah. the Mad Hatter card stuck in his brain. But... <laughs> The part that really made me laugh is when just before Batman wrecks up the bridge mm-hmm. and he pulls open uh, Neo Joker's backpack and like. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just flops out. Like, yeah. It's just like the frame is like <laughs> the panel is just it's in his hand. The brain in his, is in his hand suddenly. And he's like, what in the, you know, and he's just like, <laughs> his yeah. reaction is just like shocked. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. But it, it was pretty cool. I thought it was very humorous and twisted image mm-hmm. there was something else that made me laugh too but i can't think of what it is offhand uh bat girl on the rocket how come i'm always on the rocket it was the bat girl thing to where she's talking to mr freeze <laughs> oh <laughs> she's oh, talking yeah. to mr freeze and he's like as bat girl and she's like referencing something she was helping with as barbara the other day mm-hmm. and he's like i'm assuming you were the young you're the young lady then that was helping bruce wayne the other day and she's like <laughs> It cuts, the panel pulls out and she's in her Batgirl outfit. She's like, oh, I'm still in costume. (laughs) That made me laugh. Yeah. It's like, duh. Yeah. Barbara's kind of interesting in this. Listener, judging by the conversation that I just edited out of this, I think we're done talking about this book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That Richard talk's going. Uh, Fine. Melanie. Ma. Would you recommend this book? Sure. Would you really? Sure. Okay. I'm sure lots of people get kicks out of it. I'm sure anybody who likes Batman would enjoy it. And everybody enjoys Batman. So pretty much everybody will like it. If they like things to, you know, reference reality, they might have some issues with it. But that doesn't mean they can't enjoy it. I don't think that's going to be a big problem for a Batman reader. Okay, there you go. I mean, they have a giant ice cannon under the city. (laughs) Yeah, but there's... There's technology to explain that. Jeez. It's not like we don't have cryogenics <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> There's pseudo pseudo psychology to explain Joker and Jack. Yeah, but not uh 
people knowing things that they've never been exposed to before. Multiple. He's clearly suffering from multiple personality disorders. He disorder. is, yes. That's because of all the lead that's in the water from the weird underground pipes that nobody knows about. You just explained it away with science. This story makes exactly. perfect sense. Well, no, not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 people prolif- have... proliferation, Lennon. Proliferation? Yeah, whatever. Of uh, a crazy people in Gotham. That's what I explained. Yeah. But not how Harley can think that she's in love with somebody that she's never met. I don't know. I bet people, a lot of people do that all the time. Well... Kind of, but then they accept that they just had a mail-order bride and not, you know. She, she did. Okay. She's super smart. Mm-hmm. She did still run off with Joker and become a criminal and love it. So she's, even old Harley, is. She, we're not saying she's not unbalanced herself. Oh, yeah. But he's like supposed to be the perfect crazy. And if you're a psychiatrist, wouldn't the perfect crazy just be too uh, perfect. perfect for you? Not if it's fun. What? I don't know. I don't know what your point was either. That I mean, saying it because he was so super crazy. That's why she. That's why she loved him. Hmm. But, anyway, but maybe he was a fun crazy. Sure, he was. Uh, he's a joker. He made, he's funny. Haha. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, but he's not funny though. He even says he was. He's not funny. He had to be shocking because everyone was numb. But he still tries to make it funny. Also, he's from the country. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Hmm. It's one of those things where it's there's some Joker origin. Obviously, we got Jack Napier. It plays on the comedian, very much killing joke type. It's different, but kind of a killing joke type origin. But you just get a little more that he came from the country. Mm. And you know, I always thought partially that he wouldn't be able to love Harley because he was so in love with his wife that he had before he became Joker, if you go by that one. Um, the, but they didn't mention wife in this, so I don't know I if know, they're playing on convenient. that or not. Change well, things. because if you're... Well, yeah, that's the whole point, though. You're going to do an Elseworlds tale. You can change whatever you want. Yeah. Todd, Jason Todd before Dick Grayson? Nobody does that. It's weird. Well, <laughs> and weird. The, and we we didn't really say it, but big, big spoiler, uh, Jason Todd's not dead in this. He just doesn't want to be Robin. He just, yeah, he he would rather rather let Batman think he was dead and just disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't Jason Todd like the red-headed guy now? Or Red Hood? Red Hood. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he's still alive in the regular continuity, right? Right, but it's a whole different deal. They, whole he, different actually, he actually did die in that, and they brought him back with a Lazarus pit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But That's a different story. That's something else. I really wanted him to beat him to death with a crowbar. <laughs> he was about to cut his throat with a straight that's not, razor. That's not even nearly as interesting. But it's visceral. I like that whole bit, and I kind of wish, I don't know how they would have, but that that should have like really hit Batman hard. That should have like destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure it. Oh, I think that's it. part of it because, and they are, they're still, like I said, they're still dealing with that in this new sequel series. Does he come back? Is he the Red Hood now again? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. no. But I mean, like this whole thing at the end, Batman basically is like, I got to tell people, I got to tell people I'm Batman because the one thing that the Joker or Jack Napier had right is that I'm wrong. Yeah, he reveals himself to Gordon, at least at the end of this. And I could have swore that Gordon already knew who he was. Or maybe that's only in certain... Just, yeah, it just depends. Again, even this, in is, canon, this is the world thing. Even in canon, he sometimes knows, sometimes doesn't. Kind of depends who's writing him. Yeah. I mean, in general, he knows. Everybody knows. Well, they should know. It's pretty obvious. He doesn't even hide it. Like, every villain who wants to figure out who Batman is is able to trace the paperwork to Wayne Enterprises. In fact... He was publicly bankrolling Batman for a while in canon, in the canon comics, mm-hmm. the canon universe, and like nobody mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And you know, you know, he's a, a billionaire and Batman sure has a lot of nice, expensive looking toys. I wonder where they came from. Yeah. And the Robins. Yeah. Like, I've got a, a new, new Robin or Robin disappears for a while and a new Robin shows up and somebody's like, hey, what happened to your ward? That other. Mm-hmm. No, not that new one. 
who you just got, but the other one, you know, disappeared around the time Robin disappeared, and then a new Robin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Although, I did love <laughs> you hooligans. Yeah. He comes out. So they break into his house and find a secret room that he didn't. That place is just full of secret rooms that he didn't. He didn't even know about the secret room. <laughs> right. Fortunately, they didn't find his secret rooms. Mm-hmm. So he comes <laughs> to hide that he's Batman. You know, he's just Bruce Wayne. He comes out in like a pink. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Like a Bathroom? robe? Bathroom. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you hooligans. What do you want? Blah, blah, blah. You're like, what did you take? And they run off. You know, uh, Neo Joker and whoever she's mind controlling and Mad Hatter. And as Harley's running out, she's like, you know, Neo Joker, she's like, hooligans. That sounds like somebody doing the imp- a bad impression of a rich person. Yeah. It's like, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> but, you know, there is some humor in this. Yeah. I would definitely recommend this. This is one of my absolute like favorite Batman stories I've read in a very long time. And of course, keep in mind, I've fallen off comics for a while, but even thinking back to when I was still reading regularly, I kind of have to reach pretty far back to hit a Batman comic. I like quite this much. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. It took, it surprised me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, uh, I would recommend it as well. I definitely, I did not uh, regret this read. I read it for fun. And I think that's part of the thing is like, we read a lot of books uh, for the show, but we've gotten out of the habit of reading just for fun. And uh, this was fun. I, sorry if I'm like the Debbie Downer of the group and and they're almost like, this is crap. But this I can't, I gotta be real, man. No, yeah, no, I, that's fine. Like, when you were reading it and you were disappointed, I was a little like, oh, that sucks, because I wanted you to like it. I mean, obviously, I don't want you to dislike anything mm-hmm. we have you read, but because it was a book where I was like, I think you're going to like it, and Jesse liked it, I liked it, you're going to like it, and then you were, like, not really liking it that much, I was like, oh, that sucks. But for the purposes of the show, no, that's why I was kind of, like, setting you up to really rip into it <laughs> right I'm, off the bat. <laughs> well, then I disappointed you twice. I'm sorry, you baby. You didn't disappoint me twice because then you got into the Harley stuff and you ripped into it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it's fine. Don't. No, that's fine. Yeah. It's kind of like GCU. When I tell Jasper, like, if you love this or hate this and I have the opposite opinion, don't soften your opinion because of me. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's more interesting if there's a difference of opinion. Yeah. Not to force one if there isn't, but it could have just been three people raving about a book for, you know, mm-hmm. like loving it on a gushing, gushing all over this book for an hour and a half. Yeah. But that's not that interesting. I, I liked, I didn't dislike it. I mm-hmm. just, there were elements of it that I, I didn't care for. That's all. Well, and that will take you out of the narrative. If, you, if you're not buying it, then. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's like I was saying, like, the things that were bugging you are kind of integral to the entire, like, the reason the book exists, the whole plot and everything. So So I get it. You seem more indifferent to it. Yeah. All right. Well, good. That was a fun conversation. Yes, it was. Letters page? Letters page. Let me double check. Hey, guys. This is Jesse from the future. Hey, my Blinkatron is on the fritz, so I had to send this voicemail back in time rather than blink there myself. Anyhow, there's two things I needed to tell you guys. Uh, first, I wanted to remind everyone that we have this voicemail number. It's 559-426-6427. That's 559-4-COMICS. See, it's, it's so easy that even your feeble, insipid minds should be able to comprehend it. Uh, did I say insipid? I, uh, I, I meant adorable. Adorable. Uh, the, the other thing that I had to tell you is uh, that in the future, that the, the one that I'm from, there's a future Randy who is also trying to, I mean, who is trying to affect the timeline. So if you, if you see him, he's going he's gonna to tell you that he's trying to, quote unquote, fix things. I cannot emphasize it enough that that Randy cannot be trusted, unlike me, unlike me, who is obviously... The empathetic, lovable Jesse that you all know and com- know that is completely trustworthy. That's that's me. 
and I'm not at all trying to overwrite your timeline with the new Grolix paradigm continuity that that beyond Grolix episode 100 would be beautiful. Of, of course, of course I am. Why? Why would you think otherwise? Listen, listen. This is important. You, you know what? No, no. Forget this. Forget this. Forget it. You'll just mess it up. I'll do it myself. Save you all. <laughs> oh wow. That, uh... uh... I love that. Whoa. That's what was YouTube. that? <laughs> Jesse? Something's... Yeah, you are right, bud. That sounded... Uh, I don't know what that was. That sounded hostile and angry. A little confused. Sounded almost villainous and confused. Yeah. I don't have a villainous you, bone in my body. Are you, are you sure you're not feeling a little confused? <laughs> the, the new Crawlix paradigm. I don't, I don't even know. know what that word means. <laughs> that's very uh, that's very odd. It is really. Clearly in the future I need to uh, watch my blood sugar levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. lay off the uh, caffeine Whew. or blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lay off the meth, future me. Jeez. Hard drugs. <laughs> Randy, you gotta stop being mean to Jesse because I think you made him a little I'm not mean Ooh. to him. Oh, I'm just You're the one that scoffs at his puns. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about puns. Come on. <laughs> Uh, in-house news for uh, GCU. Yes, Jesse, you're right. GCU, uh, it is season Tarantino is finally wrapping up. Uh, this has been quite the season. We're wrapping it up. We will have gone through every Tarantino movie, including Jesse, the episode you were on where we did True Romance that mm-hmm. he wrote and the episode, Melanie, that you were on uh-huh. where we did uh, Four Rooms. Which is one of the greatest things ever. Which he directed a portion of. And From Dusk Till Dawn, which he wrote, mm-hmm. as well as produced and... Co-star. Su- yeah, co-star. Man, we hit them all. Mm-hmm. Whenever the uh, Magnificent Seven Hateful Eight episode comes out, we will be joined by guest Matt D. Ooh. I don't even need to say. You all know who Matt D is. Yeah. If you've listened to any of our episodes. <laughs> uh, but in case you haven't, he- he's a longtime listener and super Grolic super friend and uh, host of 60s Reboot Podcast, which recently became an EM- EMC exclusive. Ooh. And uh, comics with my kids. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. With my kids. No, my kids. Well, if it's with either of our kids, it's going to be lonely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt... It wasn't dark, but that felt way darker than it probably should have. <laughs> it made me lonely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, you can find that same place you're listening to this or go to GrawlixPodcast.com, of course. Hello there, Grawlix gurus. This is Randy, and at the time of recording, we weren't super clear as to the schedule of upcoming GCU as well as uh, Grawlix Lunchbox Live. Fortunately, I've seen the future. Because I'm from the future. So next episode of Grolic Cinematic Universe will be out the following Monday. So a week from the day this goes up. In which Matt D does in fact join us. And we talk about The Magnificent Seven and The Hateful Eight. Which means there's only one more Tarantino movie on our list. On our Kill Bill style kill list. And that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which we will be hitting after GCU episode number 30. That'll wrap up GCU season Tarantino. And then, as we announced for listeners, if you happen to catch the Grolix Lunchbox Live livecast uh, live streams, there's so many lives in there. I'm resisting the urge to make a bad nine lives cat joke, so I'll just point it out. That's what almost happened. We announced on the show our new schedule. We were doing three days a week for a big part of the last month and a half or so since summer's winding up. We are cutting down to one day a week. We're going to do one live cast, uh, formerly known as Grolic's Lunchbox Live episode, a week. We're cutting down to one a week. It's now going to be called Grolic's Nights. That's that's right. We resurrected that old uh, imprint. And the reason we did that is because we are now moving away from the lunch break hour. So hopefully 
maybe this will fit more in line with some of your guys' schedules. 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, like 3 p.m. Pacific, but 5 p.m. Central Time on Thursdays. Join us. Uh, this next episode, this next, this week, the week this goes up, on Thursday, we'll be doing a live episode in which we will be discussing the film I Kill Giants, based on a comic book or graphic novel. And then uh, also TV and movie news, because that's what we always do. So join us, grolixpodcast.com slash live. That will redirect you to the appropriate place on CastBox that you need to be to listen in, chat us up, or even call in. Call into the show. It's super easy. If you're on your phone, it's literally one button, and you can call in. Talk to us. By the way, have you guys heard from a very disgruntled-sounding Jesse lately? You've got to watch out for him. Something's wrong with him. This is Jesse. Introduce a little anarchy. Upset the established order, and everything becomes Grawlix. I'm an agent of Grawlix. This has been Randy. As my plastic surgeon always says, if you gotta go, go with a Grawlix. This is Melanie. And you Grawlixers think just because a guy reads comments he can't start some Grawlix? Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grawlix Podcast, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, Or follow us on Twitter at Grawlix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. We are non-breeders. I know. This is why we... Well, I was going to say, this is why we all hang out, but this is also why we podcast, because <laughs> we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. These are our babies. <laughs> and they're underperforming. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> <laughs> you get out there and you take some guts. <laughs> <laughs>